Today I want to talk to you about the healer. As we've been going through the last 10 days, obviously I've been looking at a lot of scriptures talking about healing in the Bible. I've been looking at what Jesus did when he was on the earth walking around and how Jesus responded to people, how he healed people. And I've been noticing, as Jen was saying earlier, just because of all, it's really because of Jen, all the posts that she's been putting on social media, it's got picked up everywhere. And we can't really go anywhere anymore without being stopped by somebody in some way who wants to have a conversation with us. And we're finding that the conversations are taking a turn in their tone. Where at the very beginning they were, hey, we just want to let you know that our church is praying with you. And guys, I think we told you this Wednesday night, we just keep getting messages from all the, literally all around the world where people are saying, we're praying, our church is praying, we're standing with you. And we're so thankful for those. But now what we're noticing, and even this morning, is that we have people stopping us, having conversations with us along the lines of, hey, you know, I saw your post, I saw your story, it came up in my feed, or I saw your story in the news And so I found you, I searched you up, and I don't really go to church, and I don't really believe in this, but your stories are giving me hope. And so, as we are talking to these people, this morning we had a conversation, and the person was just sharing with us how their life is falling apart. You know, kids are sick, and work's not stable, and husband's job's not stable, and moving around. And you begin to hear people talking, and what they're really saying deep down inside is, there's something broken inside of me that I need healed. And we know that Jesus is the healer. Do we believe that? And so today, I want to talk to you about the healer. I want to talk to you about Jesus, who is our healer. And there's a couple things that I believe the Lord wants to say. So I want to ask you to really open your ears and your heart. You know that I try not to talk super long. I've got a countdown on the screen staring me in the eyes. But I want to ask that literally as long as a show that you would watch maybe on Netflix, that you stay connected and you pay attention. We all know if you're watching The Office or if you're watching Grey's Anatomy or you're watching something, you're paying attention then and there. I want to ask that you give that same amount of attention to the Lord Jesus Christ right now. And so open your Bibles with me, and we're going to go to Matthew chapter 8. This is is the area that we were reading last week. And we're going to look at three different accounts through Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9. And I want to show you some things that the Lord actually just pointed out to me real quick in a moment. Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7 is what we call the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus got together and he stood up and he began to talk to, Jesus, talk to people about who he was and things of the kingdom and why he was here. And he finishes at the very end of chapter 7, and in verse 28 It talks about how the people, when Jesus finished speaking, were amazed. They said that he taught like somebody who had authority. They were used to going to synagogue or to temple and having people speak to them about the things of God, but there was no authority in what they were talking about. And when Jesus showed up, 
they said that Jesus began to teach and to speak and to minister as somebody who had authority. And it caused them to be hungry for more on the inside because they realized that there was something different about Jesus that they wanted and that they needed. And so in chapter 8, in the very beginning, it says large crowds followed Jesus as he came down from the mountainside. He just delivered this three-chapter message, and people wanted to hear more. They wanted to know more. And so Jesus said, thank you, folks. That's all. I'm out of here. And he packed up, and he left the stage, and he began to leave. And the Bible says that people wanted more, and so they began to follow him because they had questions. They wanted to know, what does this mean that you just said? What were you talking about? When you said this thing, what were you talking about? When Jacob was quoting the scripture about having your, your treasures be in heaven and not on earth, they're probably like, what does that mean? Is there more? I don't understand. Like, what are you talking about? And so they're following after Jesus. And in verse 1, it says, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down from the mountain. Suddenly, in verse 2, a man with leprosy approached him. You've got to remember this. You weren't supposed to be out in public if you had leprosy. Leprosy was a disease, and it's still around. We have a different name for it. It's called Hansen's disease or Hansen's disorder now. But leprosy back then, there was, there was no treatment. There was no cure. And literally, it was your flesh and your, your skin falling off. Your body parts would fall off. And so these people, if you contracted leprosy, you had to go live in a colony with other people that had the same ailment as you did. And you couldn't come around other people. You couldn't go out in public. You couldn't, you couldn't come sit in church. You couldn't. I, listen, side note, I don't know what happens to this section right here. Like, it's like people are afraid to sit here. You can sit here. It's the splash zone. I got told again Friday night that I spit a lot when I preach. And I said, well, why don't you get up on stage and show everybody how it is? Say a lot of words with P's and S's. <laughs> well, now everybody knows who it was. <laughs> you couldn't come out in public. You had to stay locked away with everybody else because if you came into contact with people, they would catch what you had and their lives would be ruined. And so the Bible says, suddenly, so there's this large crowd following Jesus, and suddenly, out of nowhere, this leper pops out of the crowd. You can imagine everybody was probably scared and terrified. Get away from me, like the beginning of COVID, when you were out in public and you would cough, and everybody's like, Whoa. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about like week two of COVID, where nobody knew anything about what was happening. And somebody would cough, and you're like, what? Get away from me. You have the black plague. This leper popped out of nowhere. The Bible says suddenly he, this guy shows up, and he walks up to Jesus, and he kneels before him, and he says this, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. The guy comes out of nowhere. Sneaks up on everybody. It's like the first sneak attack we see in the Bible. Coming along here, we see another sneak attack from the lady with the, with the woman with the issue of the blood, where she crawls through the crowd, and she sneaks up behind Jesus. This is the first sneak attack. He shows up, and he says, Lord, he kneels before him, and he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. 
Bible says that Jesus looks at the man and he walks over breaking all the rules, instead of retracting, instead of moving away, instead of saying, you know what, bro, that's close enough. I can heal you from here. You don't got to come any closer to me. Jesus breaks all the rules and walks right over to him. And the Bible says he touches him. Maybe to show this man, number one, I love you. I see you. I care about you. I'm not afraid with what's wrong with you. And Jesus says, I am willing. Be healed. I want to tell you today that whatever you are facing in your life, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever storm that you are finding yourself watching the waves of, Jesus Christ himself is saying to you today, I am willing to heal you. I am willing. That word willing in the Greek is the Greek word thelo, and it means this. It's the wish, the desire, the will. It's I take delight in doing this. It carries the idea of being ready, like I'm ready. Like, I'm ready. You know, like a runner standing at the beginning of a race when they get down on the blocks and their feet are in position and they say, ready, set, and the gun goes off. You know what I'm talking about? And the whole time they're in position, this is that same idea where somebody poised and ready to work, ready to do something for you. And it says, having in mind. It gives the idea that Jesus isn't just saying, yeah, sure, man, I can do whatever you want. Yeah, great, great idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that to begin with. It's the idea that Jesus is poised and waiting and ready, that it's his desire to step into your circumstance, that it's his desire to step into your world where you're at, that it's his desire to come meet you in your sickness and cross those social norms and boundaries and all those things that you're dealing with that everybody else says you got to stay away from. He wants to come right up in your business, walk right up to you, put his hands on you and say, I am willing. It goes on and he says, I am willing. He doesn't stop there. Then he commands and he says, be healed. The Spirit of God is saying today to some of you, be healed. Be whole. I say be set free in the name of Jesus. You know what I love about this story? And many of the stories that you find in the Gospels is that people were so desperate to get a touch from Jesus that they broke all the rules, ran up to him, and knelt down before him. Sometimes we need to break the rules and forget about everybody else. Forget about the doctors. Forget about the lawyers. Forget about the government. Forget about the bosses. And you got to run to Jesus and get down at his feet and say, Lord, I know if you're willing, you can do this. 
And he wants to say to you today, I am willing. I desire to do this. It's my wish to do this for you. I have been sitting here waiting for so long for you to show up at my feet and ask me to do this. You know, some of us, I was thinking about this. I, I, I said this at the end of the last message, but God reminded me of it during worship. And there are so many of us that feel like we don't deserve it that we don't deserve to be set free, that we don't deserve to be healed, that we don't deserve to be made whole because of the things that we do in secret. And we say to ourselves, I deserve what I'm going through. I deserve what I'm dealing with. I deserve the things that I'm struggling with. But I wanna remind you that it's the thief that comes to steal from you and to kill from you and to destroy you. But Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. And so some of us need to look those lies of guilt and shame and unworthiness dead square in the eye and say, nah, your day is done. Your day's done. It's time for you to go because I'm suddenly beginning to have my eyes open and realize that no matter what I've done in the past, God doesn't hold me against me. The Bible says that when I come to him and ask for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive me and he removes those sins from me. It's the enemy that comes and reminds you over and over and over. It's not God in heaven saying, hey, I'd love to work for you, man. But remember you did this in your life? Remember that, I, yeah, I forgave you, but I'm still holding it against you. He removes those sins. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west. And the idea is it's two opposite directions and they just take off running and they never meet again. He is willing. So some of y'all need to look those lies in the eye and say, you're done. You're done. You're done. Because who the Spirit sets free is free indeed. All right. So he says, I am willing, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Jesus says, don't tell anybody about uh, anybody about this instead go to the priest letting him examine you take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy this will be a public testimony that you've been cleansed Jesus is willing somebody say Jesus is willing, Jesus is willing. say Jesus is willing to work in my life Jesus is willing to make me healed Whole, restored, set free, redeemed in Jesus' name. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 says, Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. It says, seeing their faith, Jesus says, to the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child. Those are good words to hear from the Lord. When Jesus looks at you and he says, be encouraged, my child. He says, your sins are forgiven. Some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, well, that, that's blasphemy. Who does this guy think he is? Does this guy think he's God? You can't forgive sins. 
And Jesus knew what they were thinking in verse 4. So he asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? It's easier, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to stand up and walk? He says, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he says this, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. Here's the second thing I want to tell you, is that Jesus, he's not only willing, Jesus has the authority to go to work in your life. Jesus has the authority. Listen, Philippians chapter 2, in verse 9 and 10, it says this. We quote this scripture all the time. You will hear us say frequently that Jesus is the name above every other name. But I want to read it together so you can see it for yourself. And it says this, Therefore, God elevated him, talking about Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven. Now hang on. He's talking about where the name of Jesus has authority. You need to get this. Right now, the Apostle Paul was talking about the areas in the universe, seen and unseen, where the name of Jesus is the name that is above every other name. And so he begins to say, right here, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Passion Translation says it this way. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to his name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. There is no place anywhere, seen or unseen, where the name of Jesus is not the highest name where it is not the ultimate authority. Hang on now. Hang on. You need to get this in your hearts. Because sometimes we say, well, hang on now. That guy is a doctor. He went to school for eight years. This guy's a neurologist. This guy is a mortgage broker. He knows more about money than I do. This person works for the government. Obviously, they're really important, and they know a lot. Sure, yes, those are true things, but they still have a name. And the name of Jesus is the name that is higher than every other name. So we listen to what they say. We listen to their wisdom. But at the end of the day, we have an authority that is higher than any other thing that can be named. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything you can think of that does not have a name? I mean, like anything, like an emotion, a feeling, a thought, desire, a sickness, a financial problem, a food, relational. No, everything has a name, doesn't it? We've named everything. There's really nothing new to be discovered yet. It's all been named. 
And guess what? All those things earthly, all those things natural, all those things supernatural, either in heaven or in hell, the name of Jesus is the name that is above all those things. So whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, Jesus isn't just willing to step into it. He also has the authority to step into it and go to work on your behalf. All right. That was great fun. We're having a great time. Two thumbs up, says Jen. <laughs> Go with me to, we're in Matthew chapter 9. He heals this man, sets him free, and listen. We're not going to get into this today for sake of time, but there's a whole lot in there where you can see that sickness and sin are linked together. So you should just go study that yourself sometime and see what the Lord reveals to you about that. Because when we begin to allow sin into our life where the Lord tries to correct it and the Lord tries to draw it out and the Lord tries to bring correction to us and we willingly allow that sin to stay, you are opening the door to some things in your life. I didn't say this in the first service, so obviously I'm saying it for somebody that's either watching or in the room right now. But you've got to close the door on the enemy in your life. You can't allow sin to stay in your life and expect things not to go wrong. When you're allowing sin in your life, it comes into every area of your life. You need to close the door and say bye-bye and say you were fun for a while, but no more, no longer. It's time for you to go. That was just for free. That was for free. You can go home and think about that all you want. So we're going to pick up in verse 27. Jesus heals this paralyzed man. He calls Matthew. He talks a little bit about fasting. And then this is where we see where we talked about last week where Jairus shows up and says, I need you to come heal my daughter. She's sick on the way to heal Jairus' daughter. The woman with the issue of blood shows up, sneaks in, another sneak attack, grabs onto Jesus. She gets healed and set free. Jesus talks to her, goes into Jairus' house. The daughter's already dead. He goes in there, speaks to her. She comes back to life. Jesus tells everybody, hey, let her get up. Somebody needs to cook her something to eat. Give her something so she can eat some food. She's hungry. And then in verse 27, it says, after Jesus left the little girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting this, Son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David. They weren't polite Canadians. I don't know why we're so polite. Listen, have you all seen the news about all the smoke going into, Canada, or into, into the states from Canada from the fires? And there are people, and, and there's stories about how, how Canadian the Canadians are being, apologizing for the smoke coming from Canada into New York. We're so sorry for the fire smoke that's affecting you. Please forgive us. We don't know what we could do. We're so sorry. There's something about Canadians. We're so polite. We're so reserved for the most part. We don't want to offend other people. We don't want to affect other people. We don't want to impose ourselves. And so if it was us following behind Jesus, we'd be like, excuse me, Jesus. Jesus, can you hear? Hello there. Sir, yes, sir. I hate to bother. Hate to bother. Oh, you're tired? Okay, you go. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Please. No offense, no offense. We're so polite. These two guys are blind. And they're, they're, they're shouting at the top of their lungs. They can't see if Jesus sees them. 
They don't know if they have Jesus' attention. So they're shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. I don't know if you can hear me. You're not, I, I'm, I'm not talking to you. I can't see you, so I don't know what's happening. So I'm going to keep shouting until I have your attention. The Bible says that obviously they didn't get Jesus' attention because it says right here in verse 28 that they went right into the house where he was staying. We would never do that. <laughs> We would never cross somebody's threshold of their home. That's a boundary. We're like, well, he's gone to bed for the night. We can't bother him. He's in his alone zone. He's in his quiet place. We have, to, we have to give him his space. He needs to recharge. And we'll just sit out here and wait. No. These guys were so desperate for Jesus to work in their life that they're shouting behind him, have mercy on us, have mercy on us. When they don't get a response from Jesus, they don't shut up and they don't stop. They don't say to each other, hey man, Sam, like listen bro, we gotta go home. We didn't catch him. He's like, yeah, Terry, I know man. Like let's just go home. Sam and Terry, that's their names. I just gave them names right now. You're welcome. <laughs> Terry, you're doing a great job on the camera, sir. And Sam's my brother, oddly enough. <laughs> These two guys were following after Jesus, crying out for him to get his attention so that he would work in their lives. When they don't hear Jesus respond because they can't see, they barge into the guy's house. I'm coming in. I'm coming in, Jesus. I don't know what you're doing because I'm blind. I can't see what's happening. So I'm just walking right in. Tap, tap, tap with my blind cane. Tap, 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 tap. I'm trying to find Jesus. Here's the door, kicking it open, and he goes. I imagine it was very dramatic. The Bible says this. They went right into the house where he was staying. Jesus probably, in my mind, was sitting down with a piece of pita bread, getting ready to dip it in some hummus. And he looks up at them as they interrupt his dinner. And I imagine Jesus heard them coming. Because if they were shouting out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us, he heard them coming the whole way. He knew they were coming. He wasn't caught off guard this time. The leper caught him off guard. The woman with the issue of blood snuck up through the crowd and caught him off guard. But Jesus heard these two guys coming. So he was prepared. He was ready. They open that door. They walk in and Jesus looks at them and he says this to them. Do you believe I can make you see? Wow. Jesus just looks at them, knows what they need. And says right off the bat, do you believe I can do this in your life? Do you believe I can heal you? Do you believe I can restore you? Do you believe I can repair what is broken inside of you? These two guys had a choice right then and there. Listen, Jesus is willing. Hebrews 3 13.8 says that, that he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he was willing all those years ago, if he was willing to heal the leper, if he was willing to heal the one with the issue of blood, then it means 
He's willing to work in your life today. And it means down the road, when you need him to work in your life, he's willing then too. And so they come in here and he's, these boys look at Jesus. He says, do you believe I can do this in your life? And in that moment, they had a chance to respond. Jesus is willing. Jesus has the authority. But I want to ask you a question because this is a very important question. And I believe by the Spirit of God that he is here today looking some of you in the eye, asking you, do you believe that I can step into your life and heal you? Do you believe that I can step into your situation and restore that which has been broken? Do you believe that I can heal your mind, that I can repair your body, that I can fix this relationship, that I can do this, that, or the other? Do you believe Jesus is saying? The Bible says they look at Jesus, you know, they looked where his voice was at, and they said, yes, Lord, we do. Verse 29 says, he touched their eyes and he said this, because of your faith, it will happen. Because of your faith, it will happen. Listen to me. Your faith or your lack of it either allows God to work to the fullness that he desires in your life or it stops him from working in your life. God is asking each one of us, do you believe I can do this? And you have the opportunity to say yes or no but he can only work as far as your faith in him will allow. Do you hear me? Your healing, your miracle is dependent on what you believe Jesus can do. I love the story of the man who brought his child to Jesus. We brought him to the disciples because he was demon possessed the Bible says that he kept getting possessed and the demon would torment him and try and throw him in fire or try and throw him in water and drown him and kill him. And the disciples couldn't cast out the demon from him. And they all start arguing. And Jesus shows up on the scene and says, what's the deal? What's going on? And the man begins to talk to Jesus and he says, listen, this is what happens. This is what's going on. It's been happening in my boy since he was a kid. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. And he says to Jesus, if you're able, can you do anything for him? This is what he says to Jesus. If you're able, if it's possible, can you heal him? And Jesus says to the man, if I'm able, he says, all things are possible, wait for it, to him who believes. Listen, Many of us will find ourselves in fights of faith at different times in your walk with Jesus. And sometimes you'll find yourself at a place where your faith isn't at the fullness that it needs to be for the miracle you need to receive or for the work that Jesus needs to do in your life. And in that moment, you need to respond like this man responds. And when Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes, the man instantly replies, and he says this, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. 
God doesn't want to do a partial work in your life. Jesus didn't come to set you partially free. Jesus didn't come to give you partial redemption. Jesus didn't come so he could heal part of your cancer to give you part of financial freedom. Jesus didn't come to do us to do a half work in your life. Jesus came to do a full work inside of you. He doesn't want you walking through life all gimped up and limped up and, and looking sad and like, ah, oh, you know, I just can't make it through life. I'm so depressed. I'm so lonely. I'm so afraid. I, I got so much anxiety. My body don't work the way it's supposed to. I'm so broke. I can't do anything. He wants you to live a life in fullness in him. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Are you smelling what the Lord's cooking this morning? Because if you get an understanding and a revelation of number one, that God is willing, that he desires, that he is poised and ready to work in your life. And if you understand that God has the authority, that there's nobody else that has a name that is stronger or more great. That's not good English, but you know what I'm saying? That his name is the name above every other name. So when you take something, you say, I'm surrendering and I'm submitting this to the name of Jesus. That means it's a done deal. He's gone to work on your behalf. You done told the big boss. There's no other boss to talk to you but Jesus. So when you understand that he has the authority, and then you understand that he asks you, do you believe I can do this in your life? It rests on you. It rests with you. Jesus comes along. Listen, we're going to finish right here. He comes along. He says, because of your faith, it will happen. Passion says, you will have what your faith expects. You will have what your faith expects. You will have, listen to me, you will have what your faith in Jesus is expecting to receive from him. Stand up with me. Close your eyes with me for a moment. I'm going to pray for a second. I'm going to ask God to show some things to us. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. That you begin to point out to us areas in our life where you are asking us if we believe that you can heal us, if we believe that you can set us free, that you're saying to us today, do you believe I can do this in your life? Do you believe I can restore this? Do you believe that I can repair this? Do you believe that I can heal you in this area of your life? God, I ask in this moment, that you begin to speak to our hearts and show us those areas where you're asking that question of us.
do you believe? He's asking you today. He's asking you today, do you believe? I want everybody to keep their eyes closed because I truly believe this is a moment between you and Jesus Christ. And just like these encounters that we looked at this morning, that he is standing in front of you. And I want you to keep your mind fixed on him speaking with you. And in your heart, I want you to see him talking to you, asking you right now. In that area that he showed you, do you believe I can repair it? Do you believe I can remove those fears? Do you believe I can heal anxiety? Do you believe I can repair broken bones? Do you believe I am the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and there's nothing greater than me? Do you believe I can step into your life? And in this moment, with your eyes closed, looking at Jesus, I want you to raise your hand if you hear him talking to you. Because in just a moment, we're going to answer him all together. Do you believe? Keep those hands raised up. And I'm going to pray a prayer for us first, like the man who came to Jesus. Father, I ask you to increase our faith. Lord, we believe. Help the areas of our unbelief. We see the truth found in your word. We see what you've done for other people. And we know that you want to do it, but sometimes, Jesus, it seems a bridge too far. It seems like it's just out of reach. And so, Father, I ask right now, in the name of Jesus, that you begin to strengthen faith inside of us. That you begin to show us that your desire truly is for us to live a life in freedom and wholeness. That you came to give us a life in abundance. And so, Jesus, I ask right now, Father, we say, and you need to say this if this is you as well. Just out of your own mouth, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Jesus, I believe. Help the areas of my unbelief. Help me to believe what you believe. Help me to believe what you see. Help me to believe what you say you can do. Increase my faith in you, Jesus. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And now with your eyes closed, he is standing in front of you. And we're going to answer this question together. On the count of three, he is standing in front of you. And he is saying to you this morning, do you believe I can step into your life? Do you believe I can repair that which is broken? Do you believe I can restore that which is lost? 
Do you believe I can bring reconciliation and wholeness and completion in those areas? And if you believe on the count of three, we're gonna say, I believe. But I want you to say, I believe like a person who is about to receive the miracle they're trusting for. Like those crazy blind guys who went into the house and Jesus said, do you believe I can do this for you? I want you to answer him this morning, just like those guys, knowing that when they said yes, that he was gonna go to work in their life. So again, on the count of three, do you believe, is what Jesus is saying, do you believe I can work in your life? One, two, three. I believe, I believe, I believe. Come on now, come on now, come on now, come on now. That's right, that's right, Tiffany. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hang on, hang on a second. Let me, cheat. Let, me, let, me, let, me, let me share something with you real quick. When those men walked in and talked to Jesus, and he said, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I can do this in your life? And they said, yes, Lord, we believe. And then he said, be it unto you according to your faith. And the Bible says their eyes popped open. Do you think they were like, oh man, it's so great. I can see, wow, this is amazing. Well, see you later, Jesus, cool dude. Or do you think they were like, wow, oh my goodness, I can see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because prayer asks and thanksgiving receives. So I say to you today, in the name of Jesus, receive the work that Jesus is doing in your life. Give him thanks for what he's doing. You praise and you worship, you honor him. I bet Jesus had to tell those guys, it's time for you to go. You've thanked me enough. I need to sit down and eat. Because they were probably over the moon at the work that Jesus had done in their life. Just like when Azariah shows up at church, we're gonna go crazy. We're gonna go crazy. I, I want to say one more thing. You got a song you want to sing? You got something you want to say? We're believing. We're standing for Azariah. But he doesn't want to work in just Azariah's life. Yeah. Am I right, Frank? Frank, am I right? He doesn't want to work in just Azariah's life. He wants to work in each and every one of our lives. And he shows up to each and every one of you saying, do you believe? And we're going to say, I believe. And he says to you, you can have what your faith expects. Amen. You want to sing a song?